That was, that was awesome. All right, so let's get into uh, what we've been talking about, the power will break through. And of course, we have the Relationship Boot Camp uh, starting Wednesday, so uh, this will be at least for now. We may do a remix a little later in the year just to make sure we stay on the power breaking through. But uh, we were, uh, we ended up last week just talking about brokenness and how, you know, bro- you know, well, brokenness is your highest form of worship. You know that, right? Because you out the way. There's nothing restricting that connection to God, right? And, and we talked about submerging in God and our flesh. But, but another um, form of bo- brokenness or the next form of brokenness I want to talk about is the wilderness. I want to talk about the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is a place where God develops our thirst for him. The wilderness is a place where God develops our thirst to him. So don't run from the wilderness. It develops, is where he develops our thirst for him. So let's go here to Deuteronomy 8. I love chapter 8. And this particular scripture, one of the first scriptures I emphasized, highlighted, and magnified in ministering to my son. So if he don't know no scripture, he knows Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, right? And so let's read here. It says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Now, now he attacked 40 years. So I just want us to think about how we look at 40 years and think about if we were in anything for 40 years. Some of us ain't even 40. But just think about if we were anything, some of us that are beyond 40, no jokes, please. But that are beyond 40, you know, you kind of, I mean, that's a long time. You know, so for me, that means at 20, I went 40 years to get to, well, not quite yet. I still got to August to milk this 59. But, but I'm saying 40 years is a long time. So they were 40 years in the wilderness. He says, so I led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, so we would know what was in our heart, whether thou would keep his commandments or not. So it creates a thirst, but, oh, listen, it's saying the commandments are coming. The word is coming, but that doesn't mean we're going to keep the word. So the wilderness determines if you're thirsty enough to grab that word, hold on to it, meditate on it, and be prospered and successful with it produce fruit from it. Just because, hey, we can go to every Bible study in America, but that don't mean we're, re- we're retaining or holding on to what we're getting. I'm not going to get into Mark chapter 4, but we've gone through that before. As a, you know, some, some, some hear the word and it's stolen immediately, snatched away, right? Some, the word is on the surface because they have a stony heart, and it says when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, that person's offended, and they, they leak word out, Right? It says some people receive the word, right? Now, of course, before that it said some people receive with gladness, act like they got the word. You know, oh, oh my, oh, that's awesome. That's phenomenal, but it still didn't take root, right? But it says some people, it does take root. So it gets inside. But the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in, choke that word that you got, and it becomes unfruitful. It kills it on the inside, doesn't let it manifest on the outside in your life, right? 
So we can all be around the Word. We got that right. So the wilderness is, is again, a place where God develops a thirst for the Word. And this scripture is saying why he takes us through the wilderness. Jesus was even taken to the wilderness. If you, uh, you study it out in Mark chapter 3, verse 17, a little audible here, uh, God, God said after Jesus was baptized, he came to John, humbled himself, and let John baptize him. John, John was like, baptize you? Man, I can't even latch. <laughs> I shouldn't even be able to latch your shoes. He said, no, no, no. It's, I got to be baptized by you. Somebody that, that was going to be inferior to him, he allowed to baptize him. That would be a lesson in humility, right? Then it says the, 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 when Jesus came out of the water, we talk about that at baptism here at, at the church, the Holy Spirit fell on him like a dove. And God showed up audibly and said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. So he got he was humbled himself. He got baptized, submerged, symbolic of the old man dying and the new man rising. The Holy Spirit fell on him, symbolic of that outpouring falling on him. God shows up to endorse him. So, so most of us, we can stop right there, right? It says right after that, the next thing that happens, the Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness. This is Jesus. Jesus was led into the wilderness too, right? And so, so, so again, the wilderness creates a thirst for God. Then you'll get more God. Because now I'm thirsty for him. I'm not taking him for granted. I'm not casual with the things of God. Right? I'm thirsty to get every aspect of what I need to get from God. Like uh, Zippor was talking about, and I think uh, Venetia or somebody else mentioned it this week, uh, with all these different Bible studies that they're doing during the week. Right? Right? So, so, so this is the thing, he, he, through this thirst, he breaks you to release his spirit so you get your thirst quenched. So he's placed something on the inside of you that's actually going to assist you in quenching that thirst, right? Uh, uh, see, the breaking is, 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 is like priming the pump. So what they would do is uh, they had wells back in the day, and the, the wells were dug they kept digging until they got to a place where they could tap into a reservoir of water. You know, the water might be coming from some river, some lake, some stream, somewhere else, but they, they dug that well so they could, they could draw on that water when they needed to. But sometimes they wouldn't use the well for so long, so, you know, uh, you know the wind, the dust, whatever, it would, it would pile up, this, it would pile up, and it would stop the, 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 the water. So there's no water to draw from. So they will prime the pump. They will pour water in. Now, when you pour water in, something happens. It saturates what's sealing that water from breaking through. But then something else happens. The water is going deep to call on the deep. The water is, is, is traveling towards water, but it's also drawing water towards it because the water connects with the water, right? You understand what I'm saying? Right? And so this is what happened when they would prime the pump. Deep calleth on the deep is what, the, what the, the Scripture says. Now, this reservoir of water was something they draw on. This was a well. John 4, 14 talks about you have a, a well in you, right? And, and, and so, so that well of water, we go to John 4, 14 real quick. John chapter 4, verse 14. So, so we talked about this thirst being created, but this thirst... It's not created for you to just stay thirsty. 
It's, 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 it, the thirst is for it, the thirst to get quenched. Now, the interesting thing is because we live in this world where the adversary is not a creator, he's a pervert. He tries to twist things, right? So think about it. He, he used to be Lucifer. So he saw as God's system. So he tries to take the same system and he tries to twist it. So he creates thirst, but it's unquenchable. It's called lust. Lust is insatiable. You talked about that this morning too, right? Lust is insatiable. It can't be satisfied. So he, he, he shifts us into uh, where we stay thirsty. Matter of fact, when the scripture talks about in the last days you'll be in hell, it talks about torments. A part of the torment is that the adversary trains you to have a thirst that will never be quenched in hell. Like, I mean, we could just say something as simple as an itch. Imagine an itch you can never, you can never satisfy. But, but that, that, that would be extreme, but imagine a thirst that you, you could never get a drink for, or a hunger you could never get food for, or a lust that you, you can't do nothing with, you can only have it. It's torment. And so some of these things that we're training ourselves to conform to is the very thing that the adversary is going to use to torment us in the latter days. But suppose we were thirsting for the Word. All right, so anyway, John 4, 14 it says, and Jesus returned, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in Luke 4.14. Now, the interesting thing is, I was supposed to go to John 4.14. I, I thought I slipped up and went to Luke 4.14. But see, Luke 4.1 is when he was led into the, the, the wilderness after the Holy Spirit fell on him. Right? So, 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 so Luke 4.1 says, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I'm about to go to John 4, but the Lord sent me here. And then verse 14 said, and Jesus returned after he was tested in the wilderness. It said he returned in the power of the Spirit. So he was full of the Spirit when he went in. He came out with power. So if you handle the test of the wilderness, you come out powerful. Right? Because the power has... See, 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 if you get into the wilderness and you go through the test and you're thirsty and you draw on God, by the time you come out to the wilderness, the power is broken through and you're powerful, right? You, you have power now. You're walking in power, right? All right, so let's go to John. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that audible. <laughs> he know what he's doing. Thank you for honoring what you said this morning you were going to do. All right, so God is faithful. He's phenomenal. Spend some time on your face with him in the morning. You'd be surprised. He'll give you some insight of what's about to happen before it happens. So this is the thing. We have in our life um, uh, what we call meetings. You know, I got a meeting this morning. I got a meeting this morning. You better have that first board meeting with God. Especially you're in business. You, you should have a board meeting every day with God before you do anything. And he'll show you things to come. All right, so anyway, let's get to John 4, 14. I'll just start at verse 13 just for the sake of conversation here. It says, and Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever. Now, he's talking to the woman at the, at the, uh, the well, and he's telling her to give him a drink, right? And then um, he says, if you knew who was asking you to give you a drink, you'd be asking me to give you living water, right? This is what he says uh, up there in verse 10. Uh, and then... Um, you know, the woman starts talking about the, 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 the uh, well, well, I'll say this. Let's go. John 10, 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, or who it is that thou sayest to thee, give me to drink, 
thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep from whence thou, uh, from from whence then hast thou that living water. So so she's thinking natural, he's talking spiritual. She's like, you ain't even got nothing to draw with. How you going to give me living water? And the well is really deep, so how you going to get to it? This living water that you're talking So she's thinking moving water, right? He's talking about the water that makes alive, right? The water that empowers, that gives you gifts, right? And in verse 12, he says, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? She says, well, how are you going to do better than our father Jacob that, that carved this thing out, which, which he was actually following Isaac, who was following Abraham. If you, if you could study it out, they all dig wells, you know, and they just kind of follow suit. It was a generation of making sure you had something to draw from to quench your thirst. But anyway, verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. So this, this won't quench your thirst. He says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Look, it says, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him. So look, what's quenching, what, what we have to quench us is in us, right? It says, but shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So again, this well is something we draw on. Now we know this through our um, Holy Spirit class that that's the indwelling of the Spirit. When, he, when he's in you to indwell. So he's available to draw on, right? So we have that. And then let's go to John 7, chapter 7. And we'll start here at verse 37. And we learn this from our, our uh, Holy Spirit, our foundational classes, right? The class on understanding the Holy Spirit, right? And so verse 37, it says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, so that's how we, we connect to this lifestyle, right? We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. It says, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So now this is, the, so you have the indwelling, but this is the, that infilling. You know, where you constantly have river, river, a river is different from a well. A well is stationary, you got to draw from. A river is just is constantly flowing, right? So, so you're constantly being quenched, but guess what? Once you become a river, you're quenching others too. Your cup is running over, right? So, so when a power really breaks through, it, it doesn't just break through in your life, it breaks through in everyone that has access to you because your cup is running over. If your cup runs over, somebody bumping to you, what? They're going to get spilled on, right? So, so the hope is that you get filled up with all the power of God, that power breaks through, and you spill it on everybody around you, right? That bird-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. So God wants us saturated. He wants, as Psalm 23 says, our cup running over. He's, God wants to saturate us. Now, so, so I was, I was kind of studying through this, and I was thinking about the whole irrigation process in general. So irrigation means to wet, to moisten, to supply with water. You know, when, when, uh, when we first put our, our grass out, they just told us to water it all the time. So the first year, because it was COVID, we had one of the best lawns in the neighborhood. Well, this past year, 
it wasn't, we was kind of free from COVID. So I didn't water the grass like I was supposed to. So we had this patch in the front of our lawn because what? It wasn't saturated. <laughs> right, it wasn't saturated. So one going to none going to grow. <laughs> one, look, look, the grass couldn't break through <laughs> because it wasn't saturated, right? So I'll do better this year. Well, I, 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 I figured a way out to keep it watered even when I'm not there. All right, so, so this saturation, interesting enough, this is the state of maximum impregnation. It's a state, when, when, it's, when, when, when everything is saturated, it's ma- think about when that baby is in the womb and that water gets to a certain place, what happens? That water got to break, right? And when, when the water breaks, what happens? Is, is it over? That's when the birth takes place, right? When the water breaks, you know birth is coming next, right? When, when, when there's a breakthrough, you know something is breaking through, right? Ain't that right? Looking forward to that breaking, ain't you? <laughs> Ooh, like, so so, so it's, it's saturation is the, it's the state of maximum impregnation. It's complete infiltration. It's satisfied fully. Look, look, it's, when things are saturated, no more can be absorbed. Anything else that comes in has to break through. Anything else that comes in has to break through. And so, so if you think about how our design is, we were made from dust. We were made from dirt without water, right? And, 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 and this is the thing. So then we, we, we hardened ourselves. We, once we were made, you keep dirt and elements for so long, after a while, it, it just naturally hardens, right? Because it, it, it needs saturation. So God breathed on that dirt, and it became what? A living soul. So he saturated it with his entire presence. So God is trying to saturate us to be fertile enough to produce the fruit that he purposed in us. He's trying to break some things through our life. Right? Now, now, let's let's look here in John 12. We're still in John. we, We hit John 12, 24 last week. So let's hit the next verse here, John 12. We read both of them. It doesn't make a difference. But John 12, 24, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, get buried in that dirt. It says, it about, it says except it, it, a corn of wheat fall to the ground, into the ground, and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, gets buried, stays buried, and waits for God's resurrection, it bringeth forth or breaks through much fruit. It breaks through much fruit. Right? So you see, when it says buried, we could, we could, it's similar to John 15, uh, verse 7. It says, if you abide in me, if you're buried in me, and my words are buried in you, you can ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Right? And so, so verse 25, it says, he that, look, now, now it's breaking it down. It says, okay, you got to die to be resurrected, to break through, right? To get your breakthrough. And verse 25, it says, he that loveth his life shall lose it. Right? It says, he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. So he's saying is the person that is willing to let go of the things that's, that's comfortable for him. And that, that's including pride. We ain't talking about because you're making millions of dollars. We're talking about pride and, and, and uh, just, just really decreasing so he can increase in your life. Right? Now let's look here at Ezekiel. Ezekiel 
Because sometimes we get hard with, uh, as Ms. Lamar was talking about this morning, with the gifts, as uh, when we're conforming to the world. And so the world tries to stack layers and layers of, 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 of its ideals, its flesh, its worldviews on us to a point where now, remember I told you that well, if you keep piling dirt in it, it actually stops the well and the water can't break through. And so we're, we're designed to have things break through in our lives, but we keep piling on things of the world. And it starts to create a hardness and a seal. You know, some of us, uh, before we uh, really came back to God, we were, can't nobody tell us nothing, right? I'm not just talking about me, so I should have heard a whole lot more rights, right? Cause, oh, I'm sorry. Some of y'all saying, well, can't nobody tell me that now. This wasn't back in the day, so I don't relate. Okay, I got you. I got you. I understand. I, I didn't articulate it the right way. I'm sorry. But, 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 but why does this happen? We get callous and we get used to the cover. And we know when, when God is, is, is calling us, he's calling us to, to open up, to let go of the, the things that we allow to cover ourselves, right? And that's hard because even though we're hard, we're, we believe we're protected, right? And I, I was sharing with a gentleman I talked to this week. I said, you know, what I realized is I had, I had figured out how to protect myself from being hurt right, or played or taken advantage of. That ain't going to happen to me no more. But I didn't realize I was blocking out help. So, so, so yes, just, I'm going to pull this from youth ministry. I remember I teach this in youth ministry, how, you know, and now, now some, I'm older. I know there's Star Trek now, but we had Star Trek back in the day, right? And so, Greg, you'll appreciate this, you know, because Greg be walking around, you know, he's a Trekkie, right? And so, but, but, but what I used to be so intrigued about is they would be flying and they had some protections where they went. It was called what? A force field, right? But the interesting thing is when they, when they, when they was at a location and somebody wanted to come on board, they had to beam them on board. But to beam them on board, they had to what? Drop the force field. So nobody couldn't come on board unless they dropped their protection. So, so you, know, you, you know, you had a show where, where they don't know if this guy's dicey or not. You know, it's like, you know, Captain such and such, he's seen kind of off. So, so they, 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 they talking, they're having a meeting. Should, should, we, should we let him on board? But we let him on board, we're going to have to drop our force field. And if we drop our force field, we're going to be exposed to attack. So I, I don't know, is it worth bringing them on board? Some of us are dealing with that every day. We're afraid to drop our force field because we think if, if we bring something on board, it's going to hurt us. Right? But like, so so we, like, we're looking out at, at all the people we're supposed to be blessing. It's supposed to be a blessing to us. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming, man, but, yo, I can't be dropping the force field. Almost like my mommy said, I can't let no strangers in the house. <laughs> right? We still rolling like that, right? <laughs> huh? Hey, hey, now we didn't have the, uh, the peepholes. We had the little, little ma- hey. <laughs> my mommy said, I can't let no Right? So that's how we do. We, that's how we treat each other now, right? God said, I can't let nobody in the house. You might hurt me, right? And so, <laughs> but, but, but this is the thing. We're going to stay hard. We're going to stay hard if we don't allow some saturation in. All right, so look here at uh, God's desire. And, and, and listen, I just love our praise team. I love our praise team. Um, 
because they're growing, right? They're growing to have hearts for God, to kind of hear from God. And uh, I know uh, Kalina, uh, uh, she's been given the assignment to come up with music. She coordinates with Pastor Mel. And every once in a while, I'll do an audible, right? Uh, you know, because the Lord said, hey, we need, we need to have this. This will fit perfect with the message. Now, I ain't say nothing to nobody this week. But uh, y'all read Isaiah uh, 43, right? Right? This is God's trying to do what? A new thing, right? But look at this. This, 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 this will help you out too. Uh, at, uh, at Ezekiel 36, 26. Ezekiel 36, 26. I probably never gave you. So somebody got to tell me I didn't. All right, all right, just said I didn't. Kick a brother white down. Uncle. All right, so Ezekiel 36, 26. It says, a new heart also I will give you, look, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away, look, the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, right? So he's he's saying something. He says, the stony heart is not located in, uh, James, you'll appreciate this, that inner man. He said it's in the flesh, it's in the outermost man. He says, I'm going to take the the outermost man is restricting the inner man from breaking through, right? He says, but I'm going to take the stones out. I'm going to take that wall. Some of us got like, like the, the, the rock of Gibraltar, you know, like <laughs> you ain't getting in here, right? He says, so I'm going I'm to I'm change up something, uh, verse 27. He says, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. Okay, there's that word again. And you shall keep my judgments and do them, right? Look, the, the, the NLT says, and I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. So when we're, we're hard, we're not responding. See, so something's on the outside trying to saturate us, but we're not responding. When they prime the pump, the water in the reservoir responds to the water poured in. Right? It's a, it's, it's a response. It's, it's a, it, we call and response. Remember that at church? Call and response. I know Ms. Lamar remember that. He tried to do that at this church. <laughs> no, even now. He tried to do that now. He'd be in a class, he'd be like, read. <laughs> right? So anyway, I, was like, <laughs> I got you with that one. <laughs> like, read. <laughs> All right, so the Amplified Classic Version says, a new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk, look, in my statues, and you shall heed my ordinance and do them. Because we're struggling with, I hear the word, but I ain't necessarily always doing it. In some cases, we're not even trying to hear the word, right? So, so, so now, now, Genesis 2.1. Let's go there real quick. Genesis 2.1. Uh, you know what? Online, y'all got the wrong scripture, and I just gave you the wrong scripture. Is Genesis 1-2. My bad. It says, uh, I, so, so, so we already know Genesis 1-1 in the beginning. God created the heaven and the earth, right? Genesis 1-2, it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, right? Darkness was upon the face of the deep. It's talking about the water, right? It says, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So the spirit was hovering 
in this dark place and just kind of hovering around the face of the water. Well, what was the Spirit waiting for? Well, we know all in the next rest of the verses what He's waiting for. God said is what He was waiting for. Because when God spoke His Word, the Spirit moved. God said, let there be light, Spirit moved. God said, let there be a firmament, the Spirit moved. So the Spirit was waiting on the demand of the Word to move, to be activated, right? To spring it forth, right? I, so, so with that in mind, remember the Spirit is activated by the demand of the Word. When the Word speaks, the Spirit moves, right? And so our hearts have been so hard, it's restricted God's flow. God is trying to saturate us with the Word. The Spirit is trying to break through. But we have this callousness in between, this flesh that's hardened itself that re- that's restricting the flow, right? That's restricting the breakthrough, right? That's restricting the irrigation or the saturation from happening, right? right so, so I was thinking through this, and I was thinking through how sometimes we can go, be so locked in our ways. So I was having a conversation with a, a good friend of mine, Vince Ivory. Uh, we had a great conversation yesterday, some good insight. We'd just be talking about the Word. He's the one that gave me uh, my first copy of the Kamash that talks about uh, C-H-U-M-A-S-H. It gives a breakdown of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. So I, I reference it a lot when I talk, but we went to Barnes & Noble one day, he said, I got to give you this. And so he, he gave me that copy. So me and him was talking, and we were just talking about this very thing, how sometimes we can get so, so stuck and callous in our ways. And, and so, so I, I, I forgot what I referenced. I referenced something. And he said, you know what? Whatever I referenced, he said, it reminds me of the, you know, and, and I've heard this before, you know, uh, when, when elephants are young. Okay, so, so if you ever go to, uh, what do you call it? Circus. You'll see elephants tied up. It's an elephant. And he, they, a lot of times they're tied up to a stake. You know, they have a little stake, you know, and the elephant's tied. And, you don't, and, and, you, and the elephant's not moving. Now, if you went to, uh, I don't know, a, uh, what you call it, circus, and you saw a, a lion or a tiger with a little rope tied up to a stake, did you go in there? You worry about that thing breaking, breaking through. An elephant? is tied to a stake, and it's not, it's, it's, what it's, it's, it's operating like it's stuck. Well, what they do is, when it's a baby, they tie them to these stakes. And when, there's a, when they're a baby, the stake and the rope is stronger than them. And so they, you know, when they're young, we, we have zeal, right? When they're young, they try to break free, but they can't. So they get to a point in their mind, they go, I can't break free of this rope and this stake. And as they grow into elephants, they're still operating like I can't break free of this rope in this thing. But guess what? They can break through. Right? And so, so, so when we get hard, we're operating like the elephant. We still think we're stuck with the rope. So we say, I can't do that. Well, oh, that seems insurmountable. Well, when I tried that before, I messed up. When you tried that before, you weren't as strong as you are now. <laughs> oh, you don't see it, do you? Do you? 
Uh, you're, not, you're not the person you was before. God's placed something in you that he wants to break through, right? And, and, and so, so, so God, God is trying to saturate us because he wants us to be fertile, right? You know, when you're fertile, you're producing fruit in great quantities. No, 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 you're not just producing an apple. See, some of us are settled for, well, I produce an apple today. What kind of tree are you excited about and one apple's on it? <laughs> that, you, hey, you're like, something wrong with that tree. <laughs> right? One fruit. Now, see, you're laughing, but now let's dial it back to ourselves. Some of us settling for a piece of fruit because there's more fruit than we saw before. Okay, okay, you saw a tree and it had 10, ten apples. You're a farmer. You're like, man, we had 10 apples today. Now, huge tree that can produce hundreds of thousands of apples. You see 10. It's not fertile. God, God, God's trying to set us up to be fertile. He's, he, wants to, he wants us to produce so much we don't recognize we produce it. That's some of our problem. We produce it so little, we recognize it, and we highlight it, and we magnify it. Look at what I did. You see me? You see me? But if all you did was produce fruit and it was in abundance, you would get so used to it, this is what I do. Because I'm fertile, right? You, you, you feel me there? <laughs> you want to be so crowded with fruit, you can't even see it. You know, when I, when I played basketball, when it was packed house, I loved it. You know why? You can't see nobody. But when it wasn't packed house, you know, I could be posting up, and I would see my girlfriend in the stands looking at my face, you know. <laughs> but when it's packed, you don't know who's even at the game. So all you do is play. And people go, man, boy, he really has a lot of heart. He cold out there with all these people. No, I can't see nobody. It's just so many people. When there's a little bit of people I can see, there's James. I hope I play well, James. Oh, oh my God, there's Lou. Oh, my God, there's Pastor Man. Oh, right. You see, no, 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 no. But the goal is you're producing so much, it's normal, right? Like Sid Roth, right? I, so, so, so now, because our body and mind has fought correction through hardness, there needs to be a breaking or a saturation, Right? And so what God sends is his word. God's water, which is the word, for a long time could not saturate our heart. Therefore, it led us, we, we were left hard. God's trying to send his word to saturate our heart. So, so when you first come to the kingdom, the first thing, everything in the kingdom is saying, oh, yeah, we, we need to douse this fool. You know, that's why when, we, when I baptize you, I'm slamming you in the, in the water, <laughs> holding you down there. So hopefully you get a little saturation to get started. I'm playing, I'm playing. I was, uh, so Bethesda was like, that's true, you did that. I was fighting. <laughs> no, 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 stay wet. Stay wet. I was just, I was just, I'm joking. You know I'm joking, right? No, I don't want y'all not to get baptized and be like, he going to drown me. God of resurrection. So, 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 so God senses word is a part of this saturation process. Now you say, you, first you're talking about water, now you're talking about the word. Let's look here at Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. 
And, and I'm going to read out of the, the classic Amplifier version, Ephesians 5, 26. It says this, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water, look, with the word. So, 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 so the word is the water. <laughs> the word is what God's using to drench us and to saturate us, right? Right? Trying to uh, fill us up with it. Uh, Habakkuk 1.5, right? And, and, and so this is what happens. You know, when, when God speaks and God's sharing a word, something, it, this saturation is newness to us. You know what I mean? It's coming at us new. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you, hear, when you start to hear from God, when you really hear from God, it, 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 it can sometimes mess with your head because you're like, me, God? Or, you know, some little old me? You know, so it's like we... we, we our responses go to our head as opposed to open our heart, right? When God's sent in this saturation, we're supposed to open our heart. And if we can't open our heart, offer our heart, right? But what we do, we go into our head first. Yeah, sometimes we can sit in the whole service and be in our head the whole service, dissecting stuff. I don't know about that. Well, I just don't think that. Or be looking for an out, you know what I'm saying? Looking for a way to stay hard and callous, right? To stay funky. To stay isolated, right? So anyway, so, so uh, Habakkuk 1.5 says this. Habakkuk 1.5, uh, it says, For I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe, though it be told to you. That's not Habakkuk 1.5? I might have gave you wrong. Uh, that's not Habakkuk 1.5? Oh, I'm reading another version. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what version it is. <laughs> so, and I hope I gave you the right scripture, to be honest with you. Okay, so it says, uh, it, uh, oh, I'm sorry, so I skipped the whole, the whole stuff. So it says, for I will work a work in your days which you should, will not believe, though it be told you. And so, so, so that's what happens when that word is coming to us. Sometimes it comes to us and it's saying, hey, change that. I don't believe that's necessary is what we say. Sometimes it's coming to us and it says, hey, I want you to do this. Yeah, but nobody's going to accept me of doing this because of what I went through. So we, all these things we use to not believe it. Sometimes it's saying, hey, I need you to be more um, outgoing, more jovial, more open. No, 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 I'm behind the scenes. Because, see, we don't believe what God has said. Uh, 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 Mr. Lamar was sharing how he took a, uh, a test on, on, on spiritual gifting, and it talked about him doing administration. He was like, no, nah, I don't do administration. I don't like that. He'll tell you that to this day. You want to do that, Z? You got that, right? 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 But the thing is, that doesn't mean that God hasn't gifted him to do administration. He actually has to receive all the word and the understanding so it now the gift in him can get stirred up and break through. But you can't keep running from it because it's uncomfortable. You can't keep running from it because it's uncomfortable. You can't keep running from it because it's uncomfortable. <laughs> he said uncle. He said uncle for the people out there in TV land that didn't. He's not on the mic, but he said uncle. He spoke on your behalf because some of y'all was like, uncle, uncle. I said, I heard you. I heard you. Give me some of that smoothie. Sitting there chilling with your smoothie. Your feet up. Put your feet down. 
sit like us. Just so we feel like you're a part of the crew. So, so God wants to break new possibilities through us, but we have rejected the words sent to stir up the spirit within us. So I'm going to repeat that, and this is actually on the, uh, the video, so for later, but it says, God wants to break new impossibilities through us, but we have rejected the words, because he's trying to do something new, sent to stir up the spirit within us. So when God's sending something to you to saturate, he's trying to, he's priming a pump. He's pouring in what's going to, going to draw what's, what's in you to break out of you, right? He's priming a pump. But we can't reject the word because it's uncomfortable, because it challenges, it's challenging us, because we already have a momentum in a certain re- direction. Now, that's normally what, what the challenge is. I'm already moving in a particular direction, so uh, I don't really have time for that right now, God. Right? We good? So, uh, Acts 13, 41, and there's this probably a couple of versions here, but <laughs> you guys just have to work with me today, please. Well, I'm asking you to work with me. You don't have to, but Acts 13, 41, it says, For I will work a work in your days, a work which you shall in no wise believe. So, so, Again, in Acts, they're playing off of uh, Habakkuk, the Old Testament. It says, though a man declare it unto you. Uh, the Amplified says, even if someone clearly describing it in detail declares it to you. You ain't going to believe it. It's been described in detail. It says, it's, it's, it says, so that's why he's trying to saturate our heart so we start to believe the impossibilities that's been sent to us. Like, like, like we go in our head based on age based on how we feel in the moment. Do you know how many things people have done and didn't feel like doing it? You know, you, you know the day where you go, oh, I don't feel like getting up right now. And then you get up and you're like, oh my God, I'm so glad I got up. You know what I'm saying? So you got to move, right? See, the thing is, so, so, so I, I broke my patella in, ah, gee, yeah, I played 2002. So it's probably like 2000. 2000, it took me a year to rehab, yeah, 2000. Yeah, it was 2000 because I was 38. And uh, she, was, she, was, uh, she was happy and sad because she was trying to get me to stop playing basketball. Then she came to the hospital and apologized. She said, I apologize, baby, I wasn't praying for you while you was playing because, you know, I just wanted you to give it up because you kept getting hurt. So I broke my patella, so I stopped playing. I, obviously, I couldn't play. It took me almost a year to rehab. Then the guy started to egg me to come out and play, but I hadn't been playing. I hadn't had that demand on my body. I hadn't been running. I hadn't been jumping. I, you know, I just, and, and so I used to work out with, a, with a, one of the ministers. So he would come in my office because I wasn't working out and I was leading him. He continued to work out and I hadn't been working out. So he'd come off, you worked out today? Throwing shots. He was just throwing shots. Like you were, I said, nah. Then I, I kept saying to him, I said, but I'm actually going to start back working out. Then he would come to my office, maybe, it could be three weeks later. You worked out there? I said, no. Nope. I said, but, I, but I'm, I'm locked in on working out. And then one day I told him, I said, listen, once I set my mind to it, it's going to happen. Like, I'm going to work out. And so, but I had to start taking steps. And when I moved and... Like, I work out religiously. I was up this morning doing legs. Like, 
like I, I'm, I, what I'm saying is, on the other side of that, it didn't feel like I would even be doing what I do now. I'm the guy in college, my roommate would get up and just stretch. I would throw the cover over my head. Then he'd go, hey, man, I'm gonna go run, it'd be like a mile or two. James Day, I'm gonna give you props. And I'd be like, he's like, you wanna go running? I was like, nope. And I was, I was a little, see, once again, I was, I, I, it wasn't enough that I would say, no, nah, I don't think so. No, nah, not today. I wasn't that guy. I wanted you to know, I wanted to say something to you where you wouldn't ask me no more. So I'd be like, no. And then I would aggressively take the cover and throw it over my head and turn my back on them. Right? Because I wanted you like, leave me alone. I'm not working out no more. Like, no, matter of fact, September get here. I used to tell people, when September get here, that's what I work out. It's like three weeks before the season started. They would put these garbage cans on the end of each court. I needed it because I was waiting to the last minute. I didn't feel like it. But this guy right now that's not playing basketball, not trying to pursue a professional college or nothing, I'm working out harder than I did back then for my life. Now what I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not just focusing on working out. I'm focusing on all these little things that God has been sending to us that we've been taking to cover and aggressively throwing over our head trying to get people, not only that I don't want you to mention this to me no more, but I want you to feel so bad about offering it to me that you never say nothing to me again. We're rejecting it, but it's sent to saturate us to stir up the gifts in you. You understand what I'm saying there? So, 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 so before it got to verse 18, where it says, I'm going to do a new thing in uh, Isaiah 43, 13, uh, the Amplified says, I will work and who can hinder or reverse it? So when I'm sending something to you, I'm sending the unstoppable to you. Right now, you're limited. Remember he said, you can drink of that water, you're going to thirst again. But if you drink my water, you'll never thirst. You drink my word, you'll never thirst. You keep doing it your way, you're going to be thirsty in a couple of weeks for something, for a new opportunity, for a new promotion, for a vacation, whatever the case may be for somebody to pump up your ego, you know, for a new, a, a new relationship, a new uh, uh, foodie call. <laughs> I'll just let y'all let that take. I'm not even going to expound. I'll just give y'all the opportunity to figure that one out for yourself. I just had to convert it a different. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so. <laughs> he was sitting there over there like, what is he talking about? He's lost his mind. He's having a speech impairment? All right, so, so, so the, the point I'm trying to say is we keep, we keep putting ourselves in these temporary situations and then not only not understanding it, it's going to create thirst. That's why we go on these highs and lows. But God's saying, what I'm going to send you can't be hindered or stopped. How about doing it my way, right? Come on, stay focused. Don't, don't be focusing on foodie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so Matthew 9, 27, Matthew 9, 27 to 29, <laughs> right? But I want to read it out of the message, okay? It says, Jesus said to them, do you really believe I can do this? This is Matthew uh, 9, 27. He said, you really believe I can do this? They said, why, yes, master. He said, and he touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. Now, look, first he said, look, he showed up with the unstoppable. 
with, with the impossible. He said, you believe I can do this? So, so, so they had a job. They had a job to attach their faith to it. He didn't force it on them. They said, oh, yes, master. He touched them and says, look, look, look. He touched them and says, become what you believe. See, we think, you know, we, we got this little thing. Well, you know, I'm just waiting on the Lord. The Lord's going to do it. I think he's waiting on us. Remember we said, we waiting for the power to break through. The, God's waiting for, for, for us. He's waiting for us to yield, right? Become what you believe. Now, when you, when you hear that statement, it's like, man, that's deep. But it's actually our lives. Look at what we've become. It's what we believe. What we really believe. Like, oh, 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 oh. We, we sit around sometimes and go, because they did this and because they did that. What did you believe? You're living what you believed. Think about it. Let it saturate. And if you don't want or you want more, then what? You got to believe for it, right? <laughs> we talked about that last week, right? Right, so, so what God's trying to do is something extraordinary. Extraordinary, right? Extraordinary. And so extraordinary is a work wrought by divine power for a divine purpose by means beyond the reach of common man. Extraordinary is a work wrought by divine power. And this is on a video, so you, you get the whole definition later. Um, is, is a work wrought by divine power, something that divine power produces for a divine purpose, right, by means beyond the reach of common man. See, there's some things that is, are beyond our reach, but there are things God wants to do in our life, right? And so we have to, we have to believe for it, right? The extraordinary is an event or effect in the physical world deviating from the known laws of nature. It's beyond the limits of what can normally take place. Extraordinary is an abnormal event brought about by supreme means. An abnormal event brought about by supreme means. It's a work out of the sequence of causes and effects which cannot be accounted for by the ordinary operation of the causes. So, you know, cause, effect, cause, effect. You know, you have certain things that you do this, you get that. Oh, when extraordinary happens, you can't even qualify or quantify because it's supernatural. It's, it's an impossibility. It's unbelievable to the people that see it, to the person that's experienced it. They see it, they're looking at it, and they're like, this can't be happening. This is what God is trying to break through in our lives. This extraordinary is something transcending the ordinary. It's way beyond what, what we've seen before. It's the reversal of natural laws or the reversal of the natural cause of things. So, so, so when God says there's things I'm breaking through, Somebody's going to give you in detail, and you're going to be like, ah, I just don't know. But, but, but the reality is, it's what you really want. It's, it's what's going to quench your thirst. Like, like some of us are, listen, this is, you know, I'm an optimist, right? 
So I see a sculpture in the stone. That's just how I am. Yeah, everybody else would be like, Pastor Keith, it's a stone. It's obvious stone. Stone, it's always been a stone, and that's all it'll ever be. But I see a sculpture in there. So I told the story before, but I'll share it with you. Uh, so there's a guy, and he, uh, he goes to his friend's house. Friend just, you know, built a huge house. He gets there, and he's talking to him. They, they, they walk on the grounds. He says, oh, my God. He said, what are you going to do with that boulder? He said, man, I've been trying to get rid of that boulder for the longest, man. He says, uh, can I have it? He says, if you can get somebody to move it, it's yours. But, you, I mean, you're just going to put this boulder at your house? I mean, I'm trying to get rid of the thing. He said, yeah, yeah, man, please, man. So he gets the boulder, I don't know, six, seven months later. The other guy goes to visit him in his studio. He's an art guy. And he says, man, you got some wonderful pieces in here. You're so creative, this, that, and the other. He said, but I got a question, man. He said, uh, what did you ever do with that boulder? Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped something. He's looking at his pieces. And when he looks at his pieces, he sees a sculpture. And he says, oh, my God. He says, listen, I, I, this might not be enough, but I give you 50000 for that sculpture right now. He said, for that one? He says, come on, man. 50, all I got to give you is 50. It may be worth more, but all I have is 50. He said, for that one right there. He says, yeah. He says, okay. He says, you can have it. So as they were talking later, he says, he said, I just want to know, what did you ever do with that boulder? He said, oh, I made about $50,000 from it. The same boulder he saw as just a stone, this guy saw a sculpture and ended up getting $50,000 from it. And so sometimes we're looking at our lives as boulders and stones when there's sculptures in there. Right? And so God is trying to send us the word to show us and reveal the sculpture, but we keep telling God, but that's just a stone. It's always been a stone. That's all it's ever going to be. And God is saying, no, 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 no. There, there, there's, there's worth in there. There's something that can be created out of that, that can be carved out and cut out. And so he's trying to pour that word into us to get it out. And so this is why God challenges us to pray and to, 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 to yield ourselves before him, to get out of our funk, to be accountable, to be in fellowship, not just the fellowships we're comfortable with, but some that we're uncomfortable with. You know, we'll quickly go, uh, they just think they're all that. First of all, you haven't met them, and you're saying that because they haven't invited you, but you haven't been inviting. You've been so envious and jealous, you've been snappy. And so your hardness has, 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 has scared them away from you. When the whole time they're trying to figure out how can we, how can we get that sculpture out? And so God sends you the word to marinate your heart so he can move you in a place and position where you can flourish the best. Right? But you've been rejecting that word. Right? Under God's, well, I don't do that. Girl talk. I don't do girl talk. And they just be talking about, they be talking about some powerful stuff that be changing lives. That's what they be talking about. Guy talk, man. man I, I, I'm not into that, you know. You know, you know, that's, you know, people be getting in your business. How much are you getting paid for this business? Because you keep saying you're my business. Like, how much on the market? I mean, you know, NASDAQ, which, which, which 
Where's your, where's your stock at? You had a business long enough to have stock, right? Or IPO or something, right? And so, 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 so what I'm saying is, it ain't your business. It's God's business. And God wants to use all the resources and all the inventory from your business to prosper your business by connecting you to some other resources that's going to blow it up. Right? But you can't reject that, right? So, he, so, so God's going to ask us to pray a whole lot more, get on our face, be diligent and consistent with it. Because what prayer does, you know, I heard Benny Hinn say this. He says, when we start prayer, we break through with the blood. Then we cross over into the holy place, and then we find ourselves in the holies of holy. You know, he says, so, 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 again, it's, it's, we're breaking through to God's presence so God's presence can break through in us and release that power in us, right? And this is the thing. Some of us will never experience breakthrough, um, as we were talking about last week, if we stay paralyzed in the pain of the past. Remember when we said that? So someone, sometimes we're just playing off of, uh, you know, I, I hear a young lady say this, you know, I don't, you know, I don't have no girlfriends because, you know, Women can be messy. And there are messy women. There's some anointed, excellent, powerful women too. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, man, man, you know, guys, man, you know, I hear young ladies say, you know, guys, you know, they, they ain't vulnerable, they're not this, that, that. I don't know what guys you mean. <laughs> I know plenty of guys that's vulnerable, powerful, and this, that, and the other. All right, so we got to get past all those things. Um, and, and so I, I think I, re, I said this before, but I want to repeat it. Sometimes we're stopping ourselves in what we're comfortable with. So, so we have enough talent to be accepted by them, but not enough greatness to be accepted by God. And so, 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 so we stop at our talent, but we don't break through to the greatness. And so we're, we're approved by them, but not by God. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we, we're not allowing our you know, greater thing, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, right? Right? And so, so God is going to offer us help, a lot of help, people carrying the words of life for us. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I'm going to share something with you all in a minute. And it takes humility to accept uh, the help to break through to greatness. So many, many have rested their significance in the measures of the world and not their proximity to Christ. So we measure, you know, if the world approves us. So God's sending the stuff. He's sending word. And of course, he's going to send scripture, but sometimes he sends encouragement. So I've been spending a lot of time in God's face. And so in my time with the Holy Spirit, he, he was uh, showing me things, you know, he was just kind of just let me know, like, You've been so busy giving yourself away, you probably don't realize who you've impacted. You probably don't really even realize the harvest. Remember I said about the fruit, you get to a point where you're, you're producing so much fruit, you're not going, oh, look, I got a fruit. You know, when you first start, uh, you just bought, bought a new farm and you start planting stuff, you, you, you probably out there every day. Like, anything come up, you see a little... Uh, a, 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 little, a little leaf, you're like, whoa, bang, 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 look, 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 that harvest is coming up. But, but you're excited, but you, ain't, you can't eat nothing, you know what I'm saying? But after a while, it starts growing, and you just see all this out here. But, but, but when you see all this out here, now this is your life now. 
You see, time and harvest is, 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 is how you roll. You're not going, oh my God, oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, I got a leaf. Oh, uh, uh, first the ear, then the corn in the ear. You ain't doing all that. I remember when I started ministry and I had a ministry opportunity. It could be anything. I, 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 I preached at the, uh, with the youth. Bang, bang. I, I preached to the youth today. Then, then it got to a level where I, I, was, I was doing Bible study on campus and I was preaching to youth. And then, of course, from time to time, I would teach in front of the, the thousands at the church or some. Uh, they, I've been, listen, I slept with a snake at a camp because I, I was t- I teaching with the, you know, I was sitting there. I was like, I don't know if this is cool. There's this big snake in this thing. But I, the, this is the room they gave me for this camp. So, so you preach here. You preach to the professional teams. You're doing all these things. But I remember I came home one day. I said, babe, I ministered five times this week. Because what? I'm new to this. And it was like, oh, look, I, got, I, I did such and such. Do you think I'm doing that now? If I was doing that now, there would be no fast week. Because fast week would be another opportunity for me to minister. All week. You're right? It would be me and Pastor Mel the whole week. <laughs> Go, man, you was good today. I got you tomorrow. Hey, you got the other. No, but I'm not playing off of that. This is my life. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so, so when you roll like that, you, you, you're not counting seeds. Oh, hear me. You're not counting seeds. You're just giving them away. And so God was telling me, uh, I don't know if it started last week or whatever, he says, I'm going to start showing you seeds you sown and harvests that you don't even know exist. And so then I, so I signed up talking to a young man uh, uh, that he was a minister. He had grew to be a minister. When I met him, he was a minister. And actually the two guys that, 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 that I, I kind of, when I'm in a position, I try to empower other people to take over the position. I want to make sure I'm exclusive where you only need me. You know what I'm saying? So then if I'm not around, y'all missed me, didn't you? Yeah, because I'm number one. No, I'm going to try to train somebody else to take over, push me to another level. So I was training these two, two ministers. One of them was, uh, he's Pastor Dent now, and the other one was Minister Tom. So I, was, I just happened to talk to Minister Tom this week, and uh, some things I'm not going to share because it, it incriminates somebody else, so I don't want to do that. But he was like, he said, man, I'm prospering in my business because of some of the things you share. And he went on this roll, and I, like some stuff he was sharing that, he says, we had this conversation. And I didn't remember the conversation. So then um, uh, somebody called, and they was, they, was, they was talking to Pastor Mel, and they was like, oh, uh, Pastor Mel, you've been a blessing to me, because Lord was telling me he was going to show both of us some things. Then uh, another young lady called to say happy birthday, and she was like, happy birthday, uh, I miss you. we miss you guys, and man, i never forget how your husband was there for me, because I was the minister that you were sent out to do stuff. I don't know, I don't even remember. I still don't know what she, was talk- what she talking about. I have no idea. But it, it was a highlight for me because God has said some things. So then uh, the other day I got a call, uh, this is a powerful call from uh, Pastor Craig. And he, he started breaking some things down of some different impacts and how me and my wife have been a blessing to him and his wife and how I've been a blessing to him, this, that, and the other. I said, Lord, you're on a roll, ain't you? 
So then I was talking to another friend of mine. He's been a, a real blessing here at the church, uh, Will Allen. Uh, uh, Will played for our state, uh, played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, so you know, I've, I've, he's allowed me to serve him as a mentor most of his life. And so, he, so we were talking, and he was saying, man, he, he, he said, listen, he, oh, we were in Bible study fellowship, so I was talking about, I always talk about y'all. I said, man, uh, you know, church is growing. We got a good family growing together. I said, man, I'm sitting in Bible study fellowship. I hear stuff. And so I brought out, uh, Amelia asked a question. She said, could I say what you said? But she said, well, you know, sometimes I've gotten weary and well-doing, right? And she said, so, so I was saying all the stuff that we do, you know, the things that we, that we just do behind the scenes. So she says, I'm hearing all that stuff you do. And how you give yourself, and, stuff. and I watch it. She said, but uh, I say to myself, well, what about you, though? Who's blessing you? How, no, no. How, what are you getting out of it? That's the, that, that was the conclusion. And I did like this. I said, this is what I'm getting out of it. Seeing all y'all lives and people doing their things and, and people... Uh, uh, taking over things and being responsible for things and growing and, and, and becoming anointed and what have you, right? And so I shared that with him. And so he said, he said, well, let me share something with you. He said, like, like your impact in my life has been phenomenal. He says, first of all, your obedience has been major. He says, like, I, I, I'm trying to target my life to be at that level of obedience. He says, one thing that stands out for me is like, you're obedient and you've been consistent. Then he said this, he says, I, I, I understand you pointed around the room to, to tell the people, the people in the room is, is what, I, what I get out of it. But, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure y'all understand, I was just saying everybody, but I, I used the people that was in front of me. He said, but, but a part of your blessing is someone like me. He said, you and Pastor Mel started a church way before you started the church. We're all a part of the church. He said, you have thousands of people that you've ministered to all over, everywhere. You, you know, he said, I don't even think you know. Because he started, he said, he said, there's hundreds. There's probably even, even more hundreds. Then he said, it's, it's probably thousands. He just kept going. He said, you don't even realize he said, and there's, he says, there's people that I'm connected to, there's people I talk to. You have no idea of your impact. Like, when the conversation ended, I had him pray. He just broke down and started crying. And so, listen, it ministered to me because the Lord was telling me, you've, he wasn't there. Oh, I'm sorry, I left this out. When the God told me that morning, before, that, before God had this specific conversation with me, I knew God talk was coming up, but I wanted to keep my consistent prayer. So I got on my face and I prayed. Right before I got on my face, Pastor Gray called. I didn't answer the call because I was going to pray. When I got off the call, everything God said is what Pastor Gray said. And I didn't call him back until after God talk. I said, oh, my God, like, I just had this conversation with the Holy Spirit. He said the, the exact words. Then I had this other conversation, and, and, and I'm leaving some things out. What am I trying to say? There's people coming to you with words from God to let you know what God wants to do. Don't reject it. 
Now, some people are already hovering around you, but you've been isolating yourself from them. You've been so busy protecting, well, I don't want to look bad, I don't want to be embarrassed. Well, I might not say the right words. Well, what are they going to think? Man, this ain't the time to be, be under your own protective custody. First of all, we're not designed to protect ourselves anyway. We're not designed to protect ourselves, cover ourselves, or feed ourselves. That's God's job. Right? So, so the best security plan you have for your life can't protect you from hurt. So you might as well turn that in and just go all in with God and say, I'm, I'm going in and I'm going to trust God's going to protect me. And watch how you things, see things start breaking through, your, through in your life. I mean, pretty much that's y'all testimony. Y'all testimony is, okay, you know, first of all, you broke through first. We're going to give you props. And then you broke through. But y'all testimonies, you broke through. And uh, uh, Shauna was saying at the, uh, the Bible study fellowship, she's like, you know, this is great. This is, this is, this is wonderful. Just listen to y'all. She says, because I've been away because of, you know, um, just battling through uh, COVID or whatever. And she says, but I missed this. Right? The insight, the impartation, the, the, the questions, the good questions, the quirky questions, the questions I was going to think about. I was going to ask that question. I'm glad they asked it because I'll get the answer. All those things we miss, right? And so, so, so God's trying to get stuff to us. So, so let's get out of that funk, right? Let's open ourselves up. Let's yield to all the words that God is speaking through all the vessels that he sent into our life so we can break through. All right, let's stand on your feet. That's enough.